Welcome to Gardening Talk back on to NURFM. I'm joined by Judy Sharp for our Monday. Thanks for coming in, Judy. Oh, it's great to be here, Greg, and safely and all of that. I was going to say, thanks for braving the wet, <laughs> unlike someone else who won't be named. <laughs> no, no, well, you know, um, my lifestyle's a bit different than his, isn't it? He's a big jet setter now, isn't he? He is, but you know, have you noticed I'm always on hand? Always. Always, yeah. The drop of the hat. What yep. have you got for us today, Judy? <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, I surprisingly, I'm going to talk a little bit about the weather, okay, how it's yep. affecting gardeners. I mean, gardeners love the rain, of course. Uh, at the nursery, we're kind of getting a bit uh, waterlogged. Uh, seedlings like vegetables, herbs, uh, flowers, they're now dampening off, which means they get so soggy they get root rot. Okay, yep. So this can happen in the home garden as well. If you notice things are going brown, particularly native plants like grevilleas, they get root rot very, very easily and they suddenly become loose in the ground. Uh, So, you know, there are measures that you can take. Uh, If you're worried that uh, your plants are getting too much water, (laughs) crazy, isn't it, worrying about your plants getting too much water? 12 Um, months ago, we were worried about not getting enough. Yeah, absolutely crazy. So I would suggest any that you're worried about that you might spray with copper oxychloride and that might uh, help the problem. Uh, The other thing we need to address, Greg, um, is um, lawns which is surprising. Well, you want to know all about this, oh, I know. That's my, my pet subject, lawns. Yep, yeah, well, you know, just don the raincoat and out you go and scatter some lime around because what happens during this kind of rain, uh, the soil's pH changes somewhat and they start, the soil gets a bit sour. So on the lawns you use lime and that will sweeten the, the soil up again. Now, if you've got garden beds that are looking unhappy... My roses look disgusting, um, but I'm not prepared to put the raincoat on and go out there. Not just yet. Not just yet. I might when I get desperate. Uh, But roses and garden beds, they should be given a dose of dolomite. So should we say that again? Lime for the lawns and dolomite for the garden beds and for roses. Um, So, you know, that's basically... At the moment, all we can really offer uh, is solutions till the weather does fine up. Which hopefully will be Wednesday. Yeah, and if, if it does, if it does, well, then you need to go out and put deris dust on your cabbage and your broccoli because the lovely little butterflies will come out then in the sun to lay the eggs that make the grubs. We don't want that. We don't want that, no. Not after all this we've been through. We've got Heidi from Singleton. And she knows what's a, what she can use to feed variegated monstero. Hi, Heidi. How are you up there in Singleton? I'm good, thanks, Judy. How are you going? Yeah, very well. You're not underwater up there? Not yet. Excellent. Well, got our fingers crossed for a fine, a fine day on Wednesday. So now yeah, that'd, that'd, that'd be, be good. good, wouldn't it? Now you're yeah. a lucky girl to have a variegated monstero. Yeah. They're a bit hard to come by. Yeah, they are. They're very rare. Yes, so I'll have to be very careful to tell you what you wanted to put on it, shouldn't I? <laughs> yep. I wouldn't I'm like to wanting... kill it. <laughs> no, no, neither would I. I'm wanting to know what the best fertiliser is for it. Look, you know, they're pretty um, tough creatures, Monsterios, but the variegated, of course, is going to be uh, a little bit more um, difficult to grow. 
Uh, I would either use a slow-release fertiliser, something like Osmocote, that takes six months to release into the soil. Okay. Or there is another product called Green Flourish. Yeah. But I would apply that at half strength. Yeah. And how big is it, Heidi? It's not very big. Oh, okay. Well, I've only got one. I've got one leaf, and then now I've just got a brand new leaf coming coming up. So. Okay. Why did you want to fertilise it then? Well, just to try and get it looking a bit better. Yeah, they're slow growing, and we are going into that period where you stop feeding indoor plants once yep. we get the cold weather. Look, I'd be more inclined to just see if you can get some slow-release Osmocote and just give it a little spoonful. Okay, so don't worry about giving it fertiliser because I've got this um, one where you just pour onto it, like just a little bit. Um, Don't worry about doing that every two weeks then. No, well, that's what I was suggesting to you, but I wouldn't do that. I think I'd get the slow-release. Rightio. Yeah, that might be safer, darling. I'd hate to see you lose it and we don't have yep. to know how much it costs, but uh, <laughs> I'm very nervous about it, so I think that tells everyone it's expensive. <laughs> Thanks for the All call, right. Heidi. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. We've got Miles from Swansea and he's got earthworms in his lawn. Oh, hello, Miles. No wonder you've got earthworms in your lawn. <laughs> <laughs> I get the same problem every year. Uh, but the problem is that I can't get rid of them. I drive the cars down to the workshop across the lawn and, um, well, I think about, well, I'm not going to take them out at present. No, well, you know what the secret is. Have you tried um, this remedy before? You just get some uh, washing powder, mix it up and pour it on like so it's frothy and it chases them back into the garden. Ah, and, Good. No, oh, I haven't tried that. Well, try that because nothing you buy kills earthworms, of course, and, and we don't want to do that anyway. Uh, but this is uh, something that generally happens after a lot of rain because they surface because it's so wet underneath for them. Uh-huh. So if you do that, it will send them out of the lawn back into the garden beds. I'll try that, thank you. Just ordinary washing powder. Yeah, you know... Homo, I don't know all the brands these days. (laughs) But, you know, I mean that you do your washing with. Yep. Not um, not detergent in the kitchen. Just, uh, you know, make a nice soapy um, mixture in a a bucket and go out and pour it on that area where the earthworms are. Oh, they're all over it. Oh, well, you'll be out there for a while, won't you? Watering can. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good luck with that, Miles. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. It's Guarding Talk back on 2 and URFM. If you've got a question for Judy Sharp, 49216216. And we've got Mark from New Lambton, and he wants to remove leaves from his French penny. Oh, Mark, you're worried about the rust, are you? Hello? Hello, Mark. Hello. Hello, Mark. I was a bit worried then that you might have disappeared down the drain or something. But I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so have you got rust on your frangipani leaves? Yes, yeah, um, a substantial amount on the backs of the leaves, and yeah. um, with the heavy rain, it's washed down under the veranda. And I'm just wondering, 
should I remove the leaves? I know I remove the leaves from the ground once they've fallen, but can yes. I go under the tree and take them off as, as well? Look, you can, but you're going to, you know, make them uh, look deciduous very early, much earlier than they would. Uh, and, yep. of course, it's been difficult to spray in the last few weeks. But on Wednesday, if you've got coprox or chloride, you've got to spray under the leaves. Okay. And uh, but just you're doing the correct thing, removing the dead leaves, uh, because they will only spread the rust, of course. But yeah. I wouldn't take all the leaves off. I'd be inclined to spray. Okay, so um, is it because uh, the, the weather that we had that they've increased the amount of uh, rust on it? Because last year I didn't seem to have as much. No, that is absolutely correct, Mark. Uh, normally they don't show signs of rust until they're about to drop their leaves. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, it is the weather. I mean, it's been going on for such a long time here on the coast, off and on. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I'd be inclined, though, to just leave them and spray, dear. All right, thank you very much for that. Okay, you're welcome, Mark. Thank you. Bye. Bye. And we've got Robin on the line, and she's got a question about her lemon tree. Hello, Robin. Thanks for the call. I mean, you're probably underwater down that way, aren't you? <laughs> Just about, but not quite. Oh, um, that's good, love. Good. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's my daughter's um, lemon tree. It's only quite small. It hasn't, she hasn't had it long. It was coming on absolutely beautifully. But now it has suddenly lost all its leaves, but it's still got five little green fruits on it. Um, and just wondering what we could do. Is it going to survive like that, or is there anything she has to do for it, please? Uh, Robin, is it in a pot? It's in the ground. It's in the ground. Uh, did she happen to fertilise? Not that I know of, but I'm not sure on that. Right, OK. Because, you know, uh, citrus do drop if fertilisers uh, affected their feeder roots. OK. But otherwise, I wouldn't imagine why it is. But you know, I mean, it's getting—they're getting plenty of water, obviously. Uh, unless uh, she's might have reached the water table, do you think? I suppose that's a possibility. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Then they will rot leaves because they'll get root rot. Uh, yeah. So, how old's the tree? Oh, I'd say about twelve months. Right, okay, so that's only a baby. When she planted it, she didn't plant the graft below the soil, did she? No. Okay, right. Um, And have you seen any signs of insects on there, like scale or mealybug? No, nothing like that. Nothing like that. Look, and is it in the full sun (laughs) when we get it? (laughs) That was a silly question, Rob, wasn't it? (laughs) Not currently. (laughs) Last year, probably. Um, <laughs> it would be pretty well full sun, yes. Would be. Yeah. yeah. Okay, look, I think we need to perhaps, uh, you know, the root system won't be very well developed. Perhaps uh, if she digs around it very carefully and just checks how wet it is underneath it, but also mm-hmm. try to lift it up. You okay. know, it might be a case of building the ground up there for that lemon if it is hitting the water table. Would it be wise to put it into a pot? It won't hurt. Mm-hmm. It would definitely be a good idea, I'm thinking. Right. Yeah, but she's just going to have to be careful. She doesn't damage the roots. Yes. Uh, if it's been in a year, you know, she'll probably want a sizable pot to put it in. Yes. 
Okay, then. But, Robin, I really would like to hear from you again next week. That's a bit of a mystery one, if you would like to call us and let us know what the result was. Okay, then. Thanks very much for your time, then. Thank you, Robin. Bye. Okay, bye. We've got Jerry now from Belmont, and his grapefruit tree is dropping fruit, and also his rhubarb is being decimated. Oh, no. I oh, don't like yes. gra- Oh, <laughs> Jerry, don't worry about that grapefruit, but the rhubarb, oh... I hate well, grapefruit, but rhubarb is beautiful. Well, I, I love the grapefruit. Um, we, this weekend, they've, because of the weather, I mean, before that, but uh, they've dropped more than 80 fruit. Um, they're almost full size. They've certainly got plenty of blush in them, but some have got fruit fly. Not all, some have got fruit fly, and they're just falling off at a rapid rate of knots, so I'm not sure about those. That's the first question. Right. Well, you know you're going to bin the ones with fruit fly. Yep, they are. They're mm-hmm. already in their green bag. Right, good. And uh, the fruit fly normally doesn't stop, doesn't cause them to drop fruit. I'm wondering if it's the fact that they're really ripe and ready to go. Right. And the other um, thing that happens at the moment with citrus, of course, they can absorb too much moisture and you will find some fruit will actually crack. Right, yeah. yeah. We, the, um, the little orange next, or the mandarin, one of those next to it, some of those fruits have cracked and dropped off. Right. But the, the grapefruit tree hasn't dropped, hasn't cracked at all. Right. Well, grapefruit are such large fruit, aren't they? So they can yeah. probably absorb more water than the mandarin, I would imagine. Uh, look, I think it's just nature playing around with us at the moment, darling. Okay, thank yeah, you. But, you know, I mean, do you eat the grapefruit? Oh, yes. Oh, right. <laughs> Sour little devils, though, aren't they? <laughs> and, and give it away. We've got lots of friends who like grapefruit, so, yeah, we've always got plenty of people who will take them. Well, I wonder if it's too uh, early now just to pick them and let them ripen off the tree. Right. OK. Well, they're doing that by themselves anyway. They're falling in droves. Right. OK. Yeah, well, that's right. not good, is it? No. Now, the what... other question is about my rhubarb. It looks like all the leaves look like they've been through a ringer. And there's virtually no leaf left on any of the rhubarb plants. They're very, very decimated. And we've got no um, evidence of snail trails? I can't see any, but then I haven't had a real crawl around just because of the way the weather's been. Yeah, the other thing is, I was going to talk a bit later about those pesky little brown grasshoppers. Now, what they're doing out in the weather, I don't know, but I wish they would leave my garden... I wonder if that's what's getting into the rhubarb. Right. And I can't say I've seen it, but then I haven't really had a hard look either. But look, they're the, not the, big grasshoppers. They're probably only about the size of a fly. And right. uh, I had a lovely, um, oh, you know, it's pink and it's called irisini. It's a, a little ornamental. You might not know it. Um, but I have that at my front door around a magnolia little gem. And it's, you know, it's been giving me a great display. And when I pulled up on the drive the other day, it was absolutely annihilated. 
And I couldn't work out what had happened because it's a very enclosed little bed where nothing much would get to it. Yeah. And when I went over and put my glasses on, which is necessary now at my age of 50, um, did you hear a little laugh then, Greg? Was that you? That wasn't me. Yeah, I laughed. (laughs) You've got your hand up, Jerry. Good on you. Um, No, well, when I went over and put my glasses on, they are the size of a fly, so I hit them with the pyrethrum, which yep. is what I generally use around the garden rather than something nasty, but they're getting nasty when the rain goes. Yep. I am going yep. to use carbaryl or malathon. Right. Now, the only thing I would suggest is they're very hard to see. All I was seeing was hole after hole after hole and stripped but then they were deep down inside the the pretty pink leaves. Yeah. So, yep. you know, when the weather clears, maybe you go out and you'll find that that's what's doing it, I'm thinking. Righto. Okay. I'd, well, okay. Thank you, Judy, for your help. That's okay. And I honestly don't know why they're around at this time of year because, you know, we generally get grasshoppers in the summer. Yeah. Um, maybe they're just um, being frightened by the rain and think, they better eat before they die. I don't know, but they're going to die at my place, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks very much. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Judy. Bye. Bye. And we've got Pauline from the garden suburb, and her she's got a shrub that she thinks is called a steeb, and she'll let know more about it. Oh, hi, Pauline. Now, Hello, Judy. Yes, it's um, very unusual that someone grows in a steel these days. Is yeah. that how you pronounce yes. it? I, yes, I didn't even know what it was. Yeah, it's, I, they're I so pretty. It, yeah. Yes, I saw it in an, um, Pinterest on, online, and in Pinterest there was all these lovely gardens in America, and they had them growing everywhere. And I thought, oh, how nice that would be in our garden. But I don't know anything about it, how to grow it, what conditions, etc., etc. So I wondered if you'd be able to give me some information, please. Right, okay. So you haven't actually purchased one? No, I don't even know where that... I've never heard of it before. Oh, so. right, okay. No, they are very pretty. Uh, yes. They probably would object to some of our hot weather. Um, oh. So you might just plant it in the morning sun when you get one. and. Right. I think I know where you might be able to get one. Uh-huh. I'm open. <laughs> ready to go. Have you got a pen? I'm uh, ready. I'm writing what you're saying. Okay. Now, Greg probably thinks I was going to say Sharps Nursery, but no, that's not the answer. <laughs> the answer is the Diggers Club yes. down on the Mornington Peninsula in Victoria. Oh, no distance is too far to go, is it? No, darling. Look, I buy plants from them and they mail them to you and they travel very well. And uh, the benefit of the Diggers Club is that they try to preserve old shrubs and plants and vegetables, uh, you know, for future generations. Now, if you Google them and get their phone number and, you know, normally I'd be able to tell you off the top of my head i you know, I'm very good in the brain like that. Um, and, Greg, are you laughing again? I can oh, hear can you. Can you hear him, Pauline? This is I so know. rude today. I've travelled I've travelled through the rain to get here today and yeah. he's laughing at me. Anyway. He's more respectful. I think he should be too. 
I was going to offer him a lift home, but I'm not now. <laughs> hey, make uh, him walk home in the rain. <laughs> oh, worse than that, he's going to have to get a bus. Uh, <laughs> anyway, quite seriously, um, when I'm looking for a particular plant, uh, you know, I ring up their phone number. They have an office number and they have a shop number. And uh-huh. I, I ring them and they say, no, look, they're not in season and they will be available in such and such. But the best thing about the Diggers Club is they have a wonderful magazine that they put out every month. And uh, if you join the club, the Diggers Club, uh, cool. they send you the magazine every month. And you will often find unusual plants like the Estelle Bond there. So, um, but you can Google, can't you, and get the Diggers Club. Good girl. Okay. Uh, You know, 12 months ago, I wouldn't have been able to, but I've had to force myself to Google. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, good luck with that. But uh, when you do, if you do manage to buy one, well, then morning sun and... uh, Perhaps, you know, pick the spot where you're going to put it. Yes. Okay, then. Thank you so much. Good Judy. luck with that, Pauline. Okay. Bye now. Bye. We've got Elaine now from at Charlestown, and she's got a question about thrip. Oh. Elaine, how can I help you? Oh, I have two nice little indoor plants. One's a very lacy uh, fern. The other one's a succulent. And right. Um, I've got some thrip flying around the house and I bought malathon and I've sprayed them with some malathon to, and it seemed to get rid of a lot but there's still a lot of thrip coming around these two little pot plants that I've got. And Elaine, are they in the house? Yes, they are. Did you spray malathon in the house or did you take them outside? I took them outside. Oh, good girl, good girl. (laughs) You could still smell it, though, when I brought them back in for a while. Oh, no, you can a little bit. Um, but, you know, that's it's a wonder it didn't get rid of them completely. But sometimes, uh, you know, their babies have already been laid and they'll have a hatching cycle, so that could be in about seven to ten days' time. Oh, that's why. Yeah. Okay, so what do I do there? Well, still look, keep spraying? Yes, but if um, if you wanted to spray something inside, I'd just buy some pyrethrum. Okay. And then you can spray that down into the soil and on the plants, you know, perhaps every seven to ten days. But so they will go down into the soil? They the do, trip. and it's unusual that you've got them inside. That's why I'm kind of hesitating a little bit. Well, I put them outside every week to give them a hose. Uh-huh, right. And, and I leave them out there for a, probably an hour till the, the water's dripped right. off them mm. and then drain the, their little bowls underneath them and then bring them back inside. And they've always looked quite healthy. So yeah, I've probably well, brought the thrip in. I think you have, dear, yeah. And there was a lot of it around this year, particularly on roses. So I think that's probably what's happened. So it's gone down into the soil. Mm. That'll be because yeah, I'm sure they're around. They run around the bowl, the bottom of the bowl. Okay. Yep. yep. Uh, so what was it you said to get? Oh, just some pyrethrum. Pyrethrum. Okay. Yeah. I'll get some of that. Yeah. Thank I mean, you, you can keep spraying with your malathon if you wish to, but uh, I always reserve malathon for something that's really hard to beat. Okay. I'll get the. I'll get that. Okay. Thanks Thank for you. the call, Elaine. Bye. 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 It's Gardening Talk back on 2 URFM. If you've got a question for Judy Sharp, 49216216. And we've got Wendy from Charlestown. And she's got some problems with mandarin due to the rain. 
Hi, Wendy. Uh, hello, Judy. Um, yes, I've just not long gone outside in between showers to have a quick look at my backyard. And there's, I would say, half my lemon tree has come down, um, broken off, well, it's not completely, just above the, the graft line. And I tried doing it with um, a pair of pruners, but it was too big for that. So I've had to do it with a, um, a bush saw. But what I wanted to know was, should I do anything with that wound? Ah, uh, yes, you should. Yeah. Uh, the most important thing to do is to bandage it up with a, you know, a um, crepe bandage that gives. Yes, I've got I've got those. Yeah, yeah, and that will stop any borers or insects getting into that wound. Right. That's that's exactly what I, I was worried about it because it's a beautiful tree and I, I would say it's got close to 30 to 40 uh, mandarins on it and oh. they're a really big mandarin. And so it could have even been yesterday afternoon when we had a fair bit of rain and wind. Um, and I oh, just so surprised and I thought, oh, you poor thing. And it's, I would say it's probably half my tree. Oh, has Wendy. Gone. So oh, I've darling. torn it off. And, it, and of course, they're, they're not close to ripening, so I'll just have to put it all in the bin. But I thought, I'm sure I should do something with that poor thing. So I don't have to put any kind of. Yes, you paint can. Or you can. You can get a black paint, and it comes in a pressure pack. Uh, it's to, you know, to seal over trees and plants. Yeah. And yeah. it comes in a pressure pack or in a little tin of liquid. But I always use the pressure pack. And you, right. if you'll excuse me, the name's just gone out of my memory bank. But it's no. very easily found because it's in a red tin or a red spray-on. Right. Uh, but what I was going to say, and it's too late now, if that branch hadn't broken right through and you treated it and bandaged it up, sometimes they will repair themselves but oh, you've chopped yeah. it off now so too late yes, to shut the I game think <laughs> because, exactly <laughs> i thought it, it might come down further into the graft like where it's where it yeah broken. well you didn't want and that was, to happen yeah no no uh, well okay but never mind i think the bandage and the and the black paint sounds like a good it is a good, um, yeah a good thing to do to it i'd hate to lose it it's probably about 20 years old and absolutely covered in fruit and and they're big fruit they're not the they're not the loose skin ones so right. I'd be happy, happy to get it going again now Wendy I'm on duty tomorrow at work if you'd care to ring me um, right. I will easily be able to tell you the name of that black paint I feel silly that it's gone out of my memory but oh, um, don't worry it happens to me too yeah so <laughs> even in with, with gardening things well I'm on from 10 to 4 tomorrow so if you All give right. me a ring I'll certainly make sure you get the name right. Thank you very much for your help, Judy. You're quite welcome, Wendy. Thank you for the call. Okay, bye. Bye. And we've got Anthony from Duns Creek, and I think he's got an issue with his goose. Hello, Anthony. Hello, Anthony. Hello, Judy. How are you? Sounds like you've got a flood up there at Duns Creek. Uh, Judy, we've been pretty lucky so far, but... With all the rain coming today, I don't know whether we're going to be able to get out. So, oh, no, you won't be going to work then. I haven't been for a couple of days, Judy. Oh, I'd haven't rather, you? Oh. I'd, ra- I'd rather be flooded in than flooded out. Yes, that's a good idea. Well, you've got a good boss, though, letting you stay off work. 
<laughs> I'd make <Absolutely>. you go. <laughs> now, what's what's the problem with Bill, the goose? Well, I was just testing your memory, really, because you, you did say there a minute ago that, that uh, you were pretty sharp. <laughs> and, um, and I was wondering whether you remembered Bill. Oh, of course I do, darling. Is is he swimming around in this weather? He's sitting on the doorstep, Judy. Oh, no, you always tell me that, but I don't believe it. Well, he's a goose, but he's had enough of the weather. <laughs> <laughs> and what about his babies? His babies are doing very well. Very good. Well, we should clarify this conversation, Anthony, for the other listeners. Um I had a male goose at the nursery called Bill. And when I closed the nursery, Anthony nicely offered to take him. But Bill would attack everyone. But Bill doesn't attack Anthony. Is that correct, Anthony? That's correct. Yes. He actually sits, sits on George's lap. I know. I've seen photos and I think you dummy those photos up. <laughs> No, no, I wouldn't go to that much trouble for Bill. <laughs> well, Anthony, look, I hope things get all right up there for you on Duns Creek. I know that you, you had the fires earlier in the year and now you've got floods, you poor fella. No, we're doing okay. We're safe. Oh, that's good, darling. That's good. Well, give yeah. Bill a hug for me and I'll talk to you again. <laughs> right, I did. Thanks, Anthony. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye. We've got Peter now from Singleton, and he's got rust on his gum tree. Hello, Peter. How are you How today? Are you? How are you, Judy? I'm good. Very good. I've got, a, I've got a gum tree at my place that I have neglected, I admit. And it needs to have, and I'll say it looks like rust, but I don't know what rust looks like. It's like, all right, rust on a gum tree. What do I do to kill the rust? Well, well, what do I do to it? How tall is the gum tree? I mean, it's going to be difficult, isn't it? I know. I've, I've got lots of ladders and things like that. That's not a problem. But I, I suffered for so many years, I figured I should, should do something to save its life. Yeah, look, I mean, obviously, copper oxychloride's the answer to rust. Uh, or mancozeb, but, uh, you know, it's going to be difficult to spray it all over the gum tree, really. Oh, no, it's only on the trunk and of one branch. The oh, right. Branch. Okay, well, it's yep. A, it's not a huge tree, no, no, no. Oh, okay, well, mainly that's... On, mainly yeah, mainly on, the, on the stem and one branch. Oh, okay, well, let's go for copper oxychloride when the rain clears. What? So it comes in a spray pack? Oh, no, I'm sorry, you've got to mix this one up. Oh, that's fine, that's fine. Yep. Put it in a spray pack and then spray it all over everything. Yeah, but, you know, like uh, you mix up powdered milk, I always put it in a little bit of warm water first so it doesn't clog up yeah. your sprayer and then put yeah. the cold in. Oh, righto, all right. Okay. Copper? Copper oxychloride. All right, I'll get some of that, thank you. Okay. Thanks for the call, yeah, Peter. Thank you. Have a happy day, thank you. Thank you, dear. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, Judy Sharp, we're nearly out of time for another week, but before you step on back out to the weather, um, we were talking about citrus before. Well, so many people have rung in about citrus today, haven't they? So jogged my memory during March, which I know that I did emphasise when I was on the program a couple of weeks ago, uh, it is definitely feeding time for citrus. So you use citrus food and poultry manure out under the drip line 
and you need to wet the ground, so it's an ideal time to perfect, do it. Perfect, perfect conditions. <laughs> um, but if you have uh, citrus growing in a pot or a container, you don't use citrus food or poultry manure. You just buy a slow-release product, and okay. that should do the trick. But you need to do it by the end of March, so we're running out of time, aren't we? Only a couple more. Oh, it's seven days left? Maybe yeah, eight days. seven days, yeah. Judy Sharp, thank you very much, and I might see you next weekend. Yes, or next week. Next week, and I'll bring a sample of my eaten plant in. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business, and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.